0: Come on guys, how many of you have fixed something with duct tape in the house? Come on, at every campus. If it wasn't for duct tape, I don't know where we would be. I'm just gonna tell you. It's incredible, the toys, the cars, the things that we have put together with duct tape. It is, it's, it's off the chart. You know when they're little though, it's so easy to fix it with duct tape. But boy, as they get bigger, the pain and the problems. The things that we face as fathers, they're so difficult to fix with duct tape. Happy Father's Day. You know, this is God's house, and he is the ultimate heavenly father. And God is a good, good father. Amen. Come on. He's a good, good dad. So, God, we say happy Father's Day to you because you have been our everything and our all. You were there with us when we didn't know who you were. You were there with us when we, when we really were running away from you. You were there with us when we have mocked you or disbelieved in you. You were there with us protecting, guiding, and moving, and we never comprehended it. God, we thank you that you're a good, good father. We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that you are loving, that you are patient, that you are kind, that you are full of hesed, un failing love. God, would you fill our tanks with love this weekend? Would you move in power? Would you flood every campus? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Come on, if you're a dad in the house, would you stand up? All of our campuses, come on. If you're a dad, come on, let's give these men some honor, man. Way to go, dads. Man, we are grateful. Way to go. Man, we love you. Man, we bring you honor. Go ahead and have a seat. Man, for years, I was accused of honoring mothers and treating them like a queen and treating dads like Archie Bunker. Man, I don't, I don't know where I got that. Maybe it was a little true. I believe this. Even actually, one of the greatest callings on the planet, if not the greatest calling, is the calling to be a dad. You are the priest and the provider and the protector, you're a coach, you are a disciplinarian, you're an example, you're a role model of what following Jesus should look like, and you are a leader even when you don't realize that someone is watching. Men, you wear more hats, they can fill a closet if you have one that your wife hasn't <laughs> taken it off. It's incredible, we have some of us incredible dads at Faith Promise Church. Sacrificial, a week ago, uh, we've got a, a guy that goes to one of our campuses, incredible job, very high paying, and yet he's got kids and his kids came to him and said, dad, you're gone all the time, he traveled, and he decided to quit that job so that he could be home with his kids instead of climbing the corporate ladder. We have dads that are sacrificial in so many ways, and so dads, we give you honor this weekend. Man, we're thrilled that you're, you're here. Happy Father's Day and welcome to all of our campuses. We're incredibly grateful that all of you chose to worship with us, our God Behind Bars campus. We love you guys so much. And I believe we're gonna, we're gonna have, a, be, have a move to action for men weekend. Before I dive into the message, let me just bring one thing to your attention. Uh, Israel trip is in March during spring break 2020. It is a life-changing bucket trip. Every year, uh, people that go bring tip, typically high schoolers and it's really, their, it's really their spring trip. It is an absolute, just life-changing event. If you wanna be a part of it, you'll send my assistant Jody an email, uh, Jody K at Faith Promise and, and we'll get you all the information you need. There was a school teacher, choir director at his church. And he lived in the the most tumultuous time in the history of America. I know that we all believe today is the greatest divide and today's the most difficult time, but actually it isn't. Most difficult time, the greatest loss of life was the Civil War. Joshua Chamberlain, again, was a choir director. He was a college professor and lived in Maine. He had grown up under the teachings of Harriet Beecher Stowe, Uncle Tom's Cabin, those kind of books. So when the war broke out, he felt led that he needed to go join the army. He did. They wanted to give him a high rank because he was a college graduate. He refused that and quickly climbed through the ranks. He was an incredible warrior and found himself at the Battle of Gettysburg, a little round table. He was given the assignment to hold the flanks with two regiment of men. The fighting was fierce. Blood loss, life, maim, it was the most hellacious, horrible sight. And yet now Colonel Chamberlain has been told, do not lose the flank or we will lose the battle and potentially lose the war. Bullets are flying. He looks at his men, they are out of bullets what would he do? There's really only one thing to do when you're out of bullets and the enemy is advancing. You just go ahead and call for retreat. How can you fight when there is no bullets? Bullets, are you with me? And yet that's not what Joshua Chamberlain did. Joshua Chamberlain turned to his men that were afraid, afraid for their life, and gave the command, fix the bayonets and they charged down the hill straight in to the enemy. Not swavering, not backing up, but running. The enemy thought they they were a new unit that had come and they had regrouped and bought ammunition and through that caught many of the enemy and literally won the day at the Battle of Gettysburg. An incredible man. One man, even in an impossible situation, one man can stand and win the day. Dad, you must stand for your family. You gotta stand, and you can do it. Do not let the enemy of heaven make you feel helpless or hopeless. God desires men to live and stand and walk with courage and with conviction. It is God's clear call for the dad to stand for his family. How many of y'all believe that? Come on, let me hear it. All of our camps. Come on, Farragut. Come on, Blunt. It is God's plan for dad to lead the home. It's always been God's plan. It was God's plan in the garden, and it will be God's plan all the way through the book of the Revelation. Now, if you say, well, I'm a single mom. What am I supposed to do, pastor? Man, my family's split or or, or you know I've got these kids, what am I supposed to do? I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you what you need to do. If you've got preschoolers, they need to be in FP pre- preschool. If you've got children, they need to be in FP kids. If you've got students, they need to be in FP students. Why? Because we have group leaders and men of God who serve in every level of those ministry who will be surrogate spiritual fathers for your kids, who will walk with them, love them, put their arm around them, Be there for them. There may not be a man in your house, but there are men in the house of God will be dads to your kids. Come on, somebody. So, man, get them involved. Will you lead your family with courage or will there be cowardice? Will you stand in a difficult day with the conviction of the word of God or will there be compromise? Will you men... Step into the responsibility that God has given you or will you relegate your authority to someone else like your wife or someone else? You say, but my wife wants to be in charge. She's fighting to be in charge. Come on, don't make me come home. I know what's happening at some houses. Are you with me? Win the day, man. Do not relegate your position. You can walk in faith, or you can walk in fear. You can walk in the world, or you can walk in the world. You can walk in the spirit of God, or you can soak up the society. The choice is yours. You can focus on your kids, or you can focus on this culture. You can focus on the scripture, or what you hear in social media. You can can lead with power, or you can lead with passivity. The choices are yours. But what we all know to be true, our families are facing the greatest cultural pressure to be conformed to this world. In every single way, right now in America, the the culture is pressing in on the church, trying to force the church to, to disregard the word of God and embrace the way of the world to disregard the commands of God and grab a hold of culture. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Anybody, come on. And so God warns us in Romans chapter 12, verse two, do not be conformed to this world. Do not allow the world to press you into its mold. One of the things that I pray over you almost every day is that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you would not be pressed into the world's mold, but you will know the word of God so that you will not be sideswiped by Satan. You will not be be swindled by the schemes of the enemy. Are y'all with me? Because the enemy's at the door. No, no. No, the enemy's not at the door. The enemy has entered all of our homes in more ways than we could care to count. Used to, generation or two ago, Satan was very subversive in his attacks on our, on our land. He has come out and he is full frontal Assault. He wants to change the morals and the mores. He wants to change what is important. He wants to change the word of God. He wants to actually just take God down off the throne. And America say, there is no God. When I look at the history of this nation, I see the fingerprints of God all over it. Are y'all with me? Amen. man, we will not be seduced and taken off the narrow path of following God. The devil is after your family. I need to know how many men care. Come on at every campus, men, how many men care? Yeah. Come on, give God a shout. Men! Yeah. And I believe it. I believe you want it, I believe you. I believe that there's going to be a, a serious motivation that we're going to leave move to action, but, but let me give you the bottom line. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Men, we must win the battle within before you can win the battle without. You don't get to stand with courage and conviction. You don't get to be the spiritual leader. You get a walk in victory publicly until you've won it privately. Our theme this year is follow the filling where the spirit leads. Come on men where the spirit leads. Men, have you been, Ephesians 5.18, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit, yielded, controlled, dominated, saturated, permeated, surrendered, and submitted to the fullness and the fire and the filling of God, giving you the power to know the word of God and power to stand with love and conviction against the world that will do anything to pull you down. Now, I began the message with a, with a historical figure, Joshua Chamberlain, who ultimately became the mayor, I mean the governor of that state of Maine. But I wanna go back now to an Old Testament, a guy who's got two little tiny verses hidden deeply in Second 2 in Second Samuel, incredible. Men, this is a great visual for us to stand and leave a spiritual legacy in our families. In 2 Samuel 23, 11 and 12, let's look at that. Now, after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, a Hagarite, a Harahite. And the Philistines were gathered into a troop where there was a plot of ground full of lentils, beans, bean field. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he, Shammah, took his stand. I got that circle in my Bible. He took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck the Philistines and the Lord brought about a great, what? A A great victory. Shama took his stands. Dads, are you going to take your stand? You say, Pastor, I've never actually seen it. I didn't grow up with a godly dad. I'm not sure how to do it. It really wasn't. Model for me, I, I'm not sure what, what I'm supposed to do. Well guys, you're going to be the new normal for your family. You're going to step into a role that you're not sure how to do it. Praise God, that's why it's called a walk of faith. If you knew how to do it all it'd be sight. It's not. It's faith. Faith is evidence things, hope for the conviction of things not seen, maybe you hadn't seen, you didn't know but you're gonna learn, you're gonna walk, you're gonna grow, God's gonna give you power and authority. He's gonna raise you up and he's gonna give you incredible boldness. Are you with me? Come on. Now, I love the context of our text. This is one of my favorite little three and four, these chapters, that are all bundled there in 2 Samuel. Why? Because they are, it's called David's Mighty Men of Valor. David's 30, he had 30, he had three, and there are chapters of warriors. This is one of the reasons that David was the greatest king of Israel. If you're still with me on the Bible reading plan, we're now rolling through king after king. Every day there's a new king. And if you will notice, David is the standard by which all kings after him will be measured up against. And one of the reasons, besides the fact that David's heart was wholly devoted to God, you say, that's a wuss. Let me tell you, you wouldn't have said that to David's face. Because he would have cut your head off and spit in the hole. This dude was a tush hog. And he was surrounded by fierce, courageous warriors. He, that's why he was so successful. See, we're Faith Promise, we're only going to be as strong as our men So sorry, ladies, sorry about that. Don't try to leave you out, thank God for women. 60% of everybody that's with us this weekend are women, 40% are men, and I'm grateful for godly women, grateful for my godly wife, but we've gotta have mighty men of valor. Are y'all with me? Mighty men of valor, and I am so grateful for the warrior men that we have. We've got men at every campus who are on fire, who are filled, who are yielded, who are standing strong, who are leading their families. And what we've gotta do is we've gotta be a model and bring up another generation around us to help those younger men rise up and be the men God's called them to be because they will never get it in the culture. Are you with me? And it was good TV when I was a kid. Gun smoke, Marshall always tipped his hat to a lady and opened the door. I don't think you get that in the television shows. I think they have a whole different view on women than, than, than was back then, does that make sense? Yeah. And so, man, we've got to, we've got to have men who honor and respect ladies. Come on, are y'all with me? That's what, man, men that are strong men that's what David had in Shammah. Now, I didn't have a model growing up. Multiple stepdads, none of them were born again. I get saved. I don't even want to date for a couple years because I was such a whoremonger and such an evil guy. I didn't know how to be around Christian girls. I didn't, know the, I didn't know the deal. Man, I had not seen a godly family. I had not seen how to raise godly kids. And so I dove in the Word to see how I was supposed to act. And then I'm going to tell you, I went out and found families who lived like I thought I wanted to live. And I said, "How hey, I'm going to adopt y'all. I'm coming to your house for lunch after church. And so, man, I got mentors and models about how to be a godly leader in my family. Are y'all with me? See, my job was not to be my kid's buddy. Matter of fact, Michelle would say, Chris, do you know that the kids were afraid of you? Is, you, is there a point? Is there, is there a point to that? They're afraid. I said, dang straight. <laughs> and so, but because my job wasn't to be their buddy. Are you with me? My job wasn't to make them like me. My job was to make them men of God. My job was to help my daughter and my two, my two sons. And I told Michelle when we, they were a little teeny tiny. I said, listen, you raise faith, I got the boys. Don't want to hear it. They're going to ride go-karts and be out in the woods and they're going to break bones and get stitches and they're going to grow up. They're going to be warrior men. You got faith. I got the boys. I'm serious. I don't know how to raise a girl, but I will get those boys. (laughs) And what will happen? Listen, say, but, 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 but how will I have a relationship? My kids are my best friends today. Are you with me? But why do we have such an incredible relationship? Because my goal was to be a spiritual leader when they were young, not their buddies. My job was to set a table to leave a spirit-filled legacy for my kids. And after they have left the house, thank God. Now, we can't, we, we can't get them over enough. We love to have them over. We love to hear them. But here, understand this, especially men... There are pressures from within, and there are pressures from without, and we got to win the battle within before we can win it without. Let's go back and look at at these two little tee tiny verses. Now, after him, another great man of warrior came Shammah, the son of Agee, a Harahite. The Philistines were gathered in a troop, and there was a plot of ground full of lentils. So, what's going on? The enemy's advancing. The Philistines are moving in on the Israelites. The enemy is always advancing. Are you with me? The enemy doesn't play. The enemy doesn't take vacation. He doesn't say, okay, I've been rough enough. We're going to leave your family alone. The enemy is always aggressing. Read the Bible. It never stops. The only way that the enemy will stop Taking ground is when we stand up and say, enough, you're not going any farther at my house. Enough, you're not having my kids. Enough, you're not taking my marriage. Enough, you're not moving into my house. Here I stand, I can do no other. That's what God wants us to do. Because they're gonna go to school and they're gonna have friends tell them everything in the world. They're gonna watch this culture and it's gonna do everything to be a tractor beam to suck them away from God. They're gonna watch the media of every kind, whether it's music or movies or television, and the culture has an agenda. Jesus said Satan was the little G-O-D of this culture at his agenda and it never stops. What we had to do is live on full alert, watching what our kids are watching, what you and your family are listening to, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, taking every thought captive and not giving the enemy access into your mind and heart. Does this make sense? So the Philistines are advancing. Notice where the fight happens. The fight happens at a field full of beans. The fight happens on a farm. Why does the fight happen on a farm? I'm so glad you asked. Because this is what the enemies of God in the Old Testament always did. They came at harvest. And they took all the food. They took all the food and then they burned the fields. So they're, so they're in there. Man, they're, they're, they're in this big bean field and the Philistines have moved into the bean field and all the Israelites ran and Shammah said, not getting my food, not getting my family. You're not moving in here. So what did they do? Because again, the enemy goes in, they steal the, they steal the harvest and then they burn the fields. Why? So there'll be nothing on the table for the people of God. The enemy is always trying to steal your food. If somebody broke into your house at mealtime and came in and tried to steal your food, men, would you stand up? You better believe you would. You're not taking my food. See, that's that's what the enemy of God always does. They take our food, why? Because the enemy always wants you in a weakened position. Men, listen to me, dads, come on, don't miss this. The enemy wants you weak so he can take your kids. The enemy wants you weak so he can ruin your marriage. The enemy wants you weak so he can destroy your witness and your testimony. Does this make sense? Remember Gideon in Judges? He's hiding in a cave trying to, trying to winnow the, the, thresh the wheat, why? Because the, the Midianites were coming, We're gonna take all the food, burn the fields, kill the animals, rape the women, and go back to Midian until the Israelites had a crop the next year, leaving them weakened so they could not rise up and fight back. People of God have retreated in America long enough. Long enough. Man, long enough. Everybody's got a voice but us. Everybody gets to stand on their soapbox and preach their their mores and values. Everybody but us. Come on. Just like we see right here with Shama. Man, we've got to stand our ground. Why don't we? Because it's easier to give in and give up than it is to stand up. It requires courage and conviction. See, we forsake our convictions for convenience. Abortion. We forsake our convictions for political correctness. We forsake our courage for compromise. It's easier to go along so that you can get along. It's easier not to argue with your kids. It's easier not to deal all this stuff. It's easier than to step in and deal with it. Look at what it says in verse 12. God, I love this. But he took his stand in the middle of the plot. He defended it and struck the Philistines and the Lord brought about a great victory. How in the world can one man stand against this troop? How in the world can one man make a difference? How could he win the battle? Just like Joshua Chamberlain did fix the bayonets, we are on advance, we are not on retreat, we are moving forward, we are not crawfishing backwards. With conviction and boldness, we will take our stand for the king who died for us. Shama defends his position. Dad, that's what we do, warrior of God. That's what we do. And alone, Shama brought about a great victory. Let me tell you something, Dad, listen. Look up if you're listening. Say, I'm listening, Dad. You and God are a majority. You and God are. Ma- I used to tell Michelle all the time. I said, Michelle, it's four to one. It's you, the three kids, and you against me. Didn't care. Wasn't budging. Stubborn. Yep. Are you with me? Stubborn. And the crazy thing. <laughs> this is. A, Ladies, don't you get this because this doesn't make any sense, but it's true. Kids were little Michelle, I always took up for them. Chris, you spanked you too much, you're not nice stuff, yada, yada, yada. I always took up for them. I always took up for them. They got about 14, 15, 16, and they all gravitated to me. And she said, that's not fair. I have fought for you three ungrateful heathens your whole life, and you're over there on his side? Come on, stand with conviction. God will bless it. Are you with me? Set the table for your family for a spirit-filled legacy. Put the food on the table. You may be the first. That's okay, I was, but you're going to create a spiritual legacy. Man, my family started it. Come on, listen, man. What a men of God. Have you been baptized, Dad? Have you stepped up and identified yourself with Jesus? Have you stood up and shown your kids that I I am not ashamed of the gospel? Have you shown that that you're ready to celebrate? A lot of guys have been saved, a 1,000 people saved on Easter. Man, have you gone forward and gone public with baptism so that the whole church could celebrate your life change? Have you gone... Public, are you sort of backstroking? Come on. If you want to, I love what Pastor Micah said last weekend. If you want a godly family, talk about God. You want a godly family, put him first. We get to celebrate all that God has done. Does this make sense? So, man, it's time to step in. Man, your family, make it real. Your legacy is to leave a spirit-filled family. Set the table. Show them you're on God's team. Show them. Does this, make, does this make sense? Come on, man, we gotta step up. Don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy win. Don't let the enemy steal the food off your table. Don't let him make you doubt your Bible or get lukewarm in your worship. Man, listen, man, you gotta down on the word of God. If you, wanna, if you gotta win the battle from within, you've gotta get in the word. Are you with me? You've gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, man, you need to stand up and Worship. Come on, somebody, the greatest worshipers in the house ought to be the men, celebrating, not caring what anybody thinks, raising holy hands, clapping, celebrating. And your little boy, your kids, when they look up, if they know anything, my dad is a worshiper. Are you with me? My dad's is being discipled, my dad's involved, my dad's growing in God, my dad loves the word. Now, single ladies, let me give you a hint. Listen, single ladies, marry a man like I'm describing. Do not settle. Marry a guy that's a man of conviction. Don't marry a guy that you can't get to go to church with you. Come on. You marry a guy that's already going to church. Don't be out there hunting somebody and say, well, I'll bring him to church. That's missionary dating. It rarely works. No missionary date. Come on. Don't do it. I don't know how many women go to this church who... Them and their, that lady and the kids leave every Sunday while dad's on the couch. And then mom wonders why when that boy turns about 12, 13, he doesn't want to go anymore. He doesn't want to go because his model doesn't go. His model's his dad. Are you with me? So let me tell you how to fix that. Marry a godly dude's already loving Jesus. So Does this help? This reason we have a personal growth plan. This is the reason we try to get you on the Bible reading plan. This is the reason we try to get you connected in small groups because we grow together. One of the things I love about the small group that Michelle leads most, she goes more often than I do in meetings some Wednesday nights, but we got strong men in our group. Let me tell you, they're all CrossFitters, so they were strong physically, but I have watched those men grow in the Spirit. It's incredible. And let me tell you guys, I don't have a problem in small group crying and talking about how much they love Jesus. It's off the chart. Let me tell you how it begins. Are you, you, let me tell you how it begins. It begins by meeting the dread champion. Isaiah said, Jesus. The Messiah was gonna be the dread champion. He faced down hell and he won. He faced down the grave and he won. He faced down the religion and he won. He faced down the devil and he won. And he rose from the grave and he proved he was the son of God and he's praying for you today. He wasn't afraid of anything. He was a man's man even when he gave his life on a cross for you. If you're ready to meet that Jesus and move out of religion and into Man, my, one of the things I pray in my, in my small group is, or in my prayer times, I pray for you guys. I pray you're getting your dojo. I'm trying to use man language. Are you with me, man? I, in, I've got a, a in my in my upper room at home. I call it the war room. That's where I pray, the war room. If you're ready to meet this Jesus, he's ready. He already paid for your sins and rose from the grave. So campus pastors at every campus, just go ahead and stand up and take over right now. And man, lead some people to Jesus at every campus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're ready to give Jesus your heart, say, dear Jesus, I have sinned. I have failed. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my boss. Be my ruler. I bow to your lordship. I bow to your headship. You died for me. You rose from the grave. Now I will live for you forever in the strong name of Jesus. Now with nobody looking around, if you prayed that prayer with me in you minute, would you just slip your hand up? Just slip it up. Hey, Pastor, I pray, just slip it up. Slip it up. Slip it up. Slip it up. All right? Look up here. At all of our campuses, on our campus, God behind bars, all of our campuses. If you just gave your heart to Jesus, if you'll fill this communication card out, it's right in front of you. Drop it in the offering bucket. And then and when it's passed, just drop it in. Just check the circle. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus, and I need to be baptized. Now, if you're a guest, if you'll fill it out, drop it in the bucket. Go through those center doors online. If you'll check right here, someone will be in touch. you fill out the communication card, someone will follow up with you. And so, if you have not experienced Next Steps, come on, Faith Promise, Next Step is your? Step. It is incredible. Incredible. This weekend, and so you can, you can after this service, check your kids back in, go to the chapel at 6.15 or Sunday morning at 11.45, and you can go to Next Steps and find out how you can grow, how you can be all that God wants you to be. It is awful the chart.